It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producer of the program. We're glad he is with us. Sitting across from me, my co-host, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. I hope it's a day that ends with the Grizzlies win. Kind of got that feeling down. I was down at the shoot-around this morning. And just being, you know, just everything that's starting to happen with uh, everything that's encircling this team now. Feels like they could use a win. They really could. I know, like, it's not like must win. Like, they'll still be in, like, they'll still be in second place in the West, whether they win or lose tonight against the Chicago Bulls. 7 o'clock right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. But, don't you think they could, they, they really could use one. Well, I was, I was thinking about this yesterday when we were, trying to determine, like, our pie chart of blame and whatnot. See if you buy this. I'm convinced that if they're not on this, like, losing streak, Mm -hmm. this incident doesn't happen. Mm. Well, they won that game, though. I know, but think about... The one game they've won. But think about what started it. The altercation. The Mm -hmm. Nimhart. The chirping. Mm -hmm. The pack and T going on the floor and whatnot. I don't think that chirping starts if they – I think it was the fact – remember we talked about that game, how the first half you're watching it and the Pacers are not only controlling the game, at that point it feels like, are they going to get blown out by the I mean, Pacers I mean, at home? they had to come back from 19 down in that game. Correct. But, like, think about the thought process in the first half where it went from – maybe this is more than just a bad road trip. Like, maybe this is something more fundamentally wrong – and I'm convinced that that whole incident does. If they just would have split or gone three and two, or even maybe two and three on that road trip, I'm yeah. convinced this thing doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, it did. But exactly. I mean, <laughs> it is. But I mean, that's the yeah. that's the whole thing of sports is what if. Yeah. No. And it's. Uh, I. Do you buy the premise of? Because I've been thinking, like, if that is a what if, like, I actually. Oh think, yes. I mean, I think ultimately yes. If they just win a couple more of these games. Some of this stuff doesn't happen. Like I think Shan, we, I think we can know this. The Shannon Sharp thing was going to happen no matter what. Shannon, that, like whether you want to believe it or not, like I kind of look at that as the that is the beginning moment of this slide is when Shannon Sharp got into it with them at halftime of that Lakers game. That's the official start to me because that ooh, now we're cooking with gas. That's when this losing spell started. It all goes back to that, and you can say immediately it didn't See, affect them, but it immediately put them into a different mindset on that road trip. And then they blew the game. But that, but that, that it, they didn't blow the game until the fourth quarter. I agree. Here's, here's where I think it starts. I think it starts up whatever whatever happened from Dylan's birthday <laughs> on. Oh man! Because I actually think if, you, if that you, was right before the second game, correct. Of it. So it was the Phoenix game, the Phoenix game, and then the Phoenix correct. game is where Stephen the, Adams got hurt. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. And the Phoenix game was the first. Remember, you watched that first half, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Maybe it was the Golden State game he got hurt. When did Stephen Adams get hurt? 
Golden State. Yeah, he played Golden State. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Your last game he played. No, it was the Suns. Suns game. He missed the Kings and Warriors games on that, uh, and Timberwolves game on that road trip. Yeah, he got injured at the end so of the I'm, Suns game I'm, on January twenty second. I know if, if you were listen if we're if we're making a if we're making like a DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think of it. Think of it when we're, we're looking te- back on the championship correct, DVD. Correct. And it, they're telling the store the thirty correct. for thirty of it's this gonna, season. It's going to go back to I liken that Shannon Sharp moment mm-hmm. to the Tulsa game last year for the Tigers when mm-hmm. Penny was really trying to sell emotionally that. Yeah, and like, narrative wise. Yeah, like you best believe Shannon Sharp. Yeah. The Shannon Sharp outburst is going to be part of this thing. Yeah, it's like I. I don't think that Tulsa game really was the turnaround. I think it was more of you like establishing a pecking order than and then uh Amani having a biomechanic back injury. Uh, I think that helped a lot. But I really think it begins. I don't think that because if you think about that second half, the Grizzlies controlled much of the second half. It was just an awful fourth quarter. And I don't think Shannon had anything to do with that fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I mean they sat down at like even at their at before the last According to Shannon, Shannon's story is that before that play where Desmond Bain turned the ball over, he, like, told Shannon Sharp it's over, you know, something along the lines of it's over. You know, like, the game's over. I'm going to need to see film. <laughs> I mean, listen, that could be like the Pacers claim. Yeah, you know? I'm going to need to see film on that. But regardless, we've gone from that to now today, Ja, <laughs> ja speaking for the first time since that Pacers incident became public, uh, once again, reiterated that the Grizzlies are the most hated team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a perfect time for Tell the Truth Tuesday. We got to figure Correct. out what's what here. Correct. All right. Um, because the Grizzlies have lost eight and nine, and uh, <laughs> they're playing the Bulls tonight. We, and like I said, they, they kind of need a win. So we're going to tell the truth with some Grizzlies talk here to start. Tim Murray from VSIN will join us later this hour, 240 or so. Uh, we'll get his thoughts. Best bets for the Super Bowl. It's not. I mean, I feel like this is the appropriate time to start. You know, I think what was last night opening night for the Super Bowl. What right. They, I, 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 I flipped through and saw it, and I was like, I I considered it for like a minute, and that minute I was watching, I go, Nope, not going to do it. There was somebody. Uh, I'll you know exactly when I turned it off. There was some reporter that got in and started off the Jalen Hurts question with an apology. I go, I'm out. I'm out. I'm no, out. No, you could get the, the the important stuff showed up on Twitter. Like, you could just figure out the important stuff you needed uh, when you were on, uh, if you just followed along on Twitter. Last, but, night, last night, the Wright household was a Love Island on TV one mm, night. Lindsay's gotten into that. The UK version? Whatever's on Netflix. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. The one we're watching on Hulu right now. Okay, but there's like there's like four different versions. Gotcha. Well, she's watching some version of that, yeah. I think. But uh, yeah, so we got, uh, and then at three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Uh, plenty to get to there. Big news on the uh, FedEx Forum Liberty Stadium uh, renovation front with uh, Governor Bill Lee announcing he's uh, okay with giving giving $350 million of the state's money for those two for those two suckers. Great news for well, Memphis. We'll get into it then. Are we sure news is the appropriate Well, yeah, I'll, we can we can well, talk we can about discuss. it in the list, but it's it's whatever it is, it's good progress. I will certainly say at the minimum nothing negative happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it, 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 it's it's good news, and then uh, you know LeBron's going for the scoring record tonight, mm. Jeffrey. So uh, we'll get dive into that, and then get you ready for that Grizzlies Bulls game tonight. Of, lots of important think pieces out there today. Yeah, but let's start. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday, and we got some truth. <laughs> this is truth telling time for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. You've lost eight to nine. 
This is what the tell whole the truth. world's coming in on you. This is what Tell the Truth Tuesday was actually made for. It's in the middle of a losing skid. You got to gather around. You got to start telling some hard truths. Yes. So what, it, Jeffrey? Do you have your first truth here? Yeah, for I'm, today? I'm absolutely ready for this. Uh, you're not the most hated team in the NBA. Ooh, ooh. And I will start first and foremost. So that comes on the heels of this morning. Correct. At shootaround, John Morant spoke. I was down there at FedEx Forum and was asked about both the incident against the Pacers, but also a couple other questions as well. Among them, this claim he made in Cleveland last week that they were the most hated team in the NBA. And he went on to expound upon it and said this. (laughs) He said, we are. You see it every day on social media. Anything that has to do with the Memphis Grizzlies, it's frontline national television, national people tweeting it, putting it out. Anyone else, it don't be said. I feel like we weren't the only team on a losing streak, but we're the only ones mentioned. All right, so here's how I would here's what I would the case that I would make. Could you imagine going to the Nielsen survey system and say, I've got a hypothesis that I need you to test? Are the Memphis Grizzlies the most hated team in the NBA? They would not do the survey. Now, here's what I do think is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I think Jaws way too online, and this mm. is nothing new. Ooh man, Ooh, we're really going deep here well, on Tell just, the Truth I, Tuesday. I've been I've been saying yeah. this for years now. Yeah. No, he's way too online, and no question. But like, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. But my deal is, imagine I would just say to Ja, Ja, go look at any time LeBron tweets, mm-hmm. and then just go underneath it. And look at all the good heroes out there that are doing the important work and getting the message out that LeBron's four championships are actually zero championships. <laughs> the fact that this scoring title doesn't really count yeah. because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar only had one three-pointer. The the like, No, it's stuff that clearly bothers you, but you are not the most hated team in the NBA. That's just mm-hmm. insane. Now, it is fair to probably say... They are not as cute and fun and popular maybe as they were last year. Yeah. But the most hated team in the league, are you kidding me? Kyrie Irving still exists. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, there's, you just see in these road arenas, you hear the stories about, like, you know, you talk to, like, Rob Fisher, for instance, he'll tell you, like, when he's on the road, it's, like, crazy compared to, like, previous years when they've been on the road. You know, like, they actually have to have security at the hotel outside of it, you know, because, like, fans are, you know, waiting in the lobby, if they, you know, to, to try and get autographs. and what. It's, like, just different on the road now. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the, I mean, you see the number of, remember in previous years when, when Pranica at the beginning of the broadcast does that FedEx yes. fan of the game yes. for the road game. And you'd have to, it felt like, I feel like, I bet you if you asked him, his job is a lot easier on the road now finding, finding the contestant. And usually, it used to be, it had to be someone with like a Memphis connection to be at the Grizzlies game. Like when Mark and Mike yeah. were playing towards the end, at least when I got here, it was like someone, well, I used to live in Memphis 10 years ago and, you know, we decided to come to the game. Now it's like everyone is from the town where the game is. They're just there to see John Morant. And so, like, you just go, yeah. Let's be real. It used to be, like, they'd have to, not every night, but they'd have to keep some Memphis gear on the side just to be like, hey, can you put this on? We got a sponsored segment. (laughs) Your name's going to be. uh, Listen, I I don't know if you're aware of what FedEx means to our city, but (laughs) we got to keep them happy. Yeah. (laughs) They paid for this. Correct. So, so they will, we just need, listen, you'll be on camera. We'll (laughs) 
smile. Like, great. This isn't a prank. Get some free merch. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's but uh, it's, so, yeah, I think you're right. You're absolutely right. They're not the most hated team. Now, I will say this. I thought um, Xavier Tillman put it a little better. Okay. In that he said, we are the most talked about team other than the Lakers because it's LeBron. Because we talk, everybody wants to clap back when things aren't going I, our way. I, I'm sorry. I, that's just not true. I think The right, Warriors are way more talked about. I think you're right in general. I think at this moment, like the past couple weeks, I would if he's if you're talking about the past couple weeks, I would agree with him. Other than the Lakers, they've been among the most talked about teams in the NBA. Okay, uh, maybe so, not the second most, but I I agree with you your point in general that like for the season, for like you know like in the current moment, like who who's the most talked about teams in the league? You'd go Lakers, you'd go Warriors ahead of them. I think you'd go Celtics ahead of them. You know, I think they're on par with like kind of like. They might be a little ahead of the Bucks, given all the controversy they've stirred up in the talk. But like, that's where I'd put them. I'd put them under those teams definitely in terms of most talked about. But still, I think in the past few weeks, I would agree. Like they are, you know, people are they are a popular topic on those debate shows, on social media. Like it is what the NBA at large is talking about. In addition to a couple other things. Yes, I would also say it is an ignoring of. This is the territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you want to be one of these teams, correct. you're going to be talked about like one of well, these and teams. Furthermore, this is the other side of ESPN shows up last year for your Nets game and celebrates you for an entire day. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the other side. Yeah. Well, I thought in general, though, like it, you know, Ja handled the whole situation fine. You know, like he 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 didn't really talk much about the incident on Sunday. He said. Um, he said all that stuff is pretty much false. It's been proven. That's all I got to say on it. I don't really care. Like, in the end, you could kind of predict one way or the other. Like, and if I was leaning towards, he'd be like, yeah, whatever. It's in the police report. Like, the, the Tiger Woods, it's in the police report. Mm-hmm. And and try to move on. But I do think he got his ski poles out a little bit. I saw some digging. Oh, yeah. I, I saw digging. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think. I, I think he is not happy about both the incident and the coverage of the incident. If that makes sense, like how how it's been portrayed, he very clearly is not happy about it. So I guess this is my question: Do we think more happened than he saw? Because the story that we read, the details that we have, say he basically hops in, and from the moment he hops in the car, it's kind of done, or mm-hmm. whatever. Then the then the laser pointer or whatever. But this is what I would say: Everyone, like you watched nationally. I'm. Forget the blowhard shows. Forget the NBA and everyone. Mm-hmm. That, like, just go turn on, like, normal people stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's sitting there going, this is an insane story. Yeah. Well, I think, ultimately, I, I think the reality is his friends acted like idiots that night. And that's really, that's what it came down to. That's what, it, that's what the story is. His friends acted like idiots that I night. I know. And I guess, so that's my question. Do you think he's gotten the full story of what happened? Because I, I can see, I can see where. Think about this. I think he's probably. I would assume he's seen the. Maybe he's seen the surveillance. I, I don't know. Like the right, sur- and it seems like if you see the surveillance footage, it seems like you'd go. They didn't do anything. Well, yeah, it's like they they whatever there was were a, shouting. There, there was an alt whatever a verbal altercation. Yeah, yeah. So what I actually think the problem though is I think this was the classic. His friends told him they, their side of the story. 
I'm sure. I, what? Yeah. I, and so, like, do I think Ja is like fully like on board with like this kid? You know, like I got to get whatever. Like, no, I don't. I don't sense that. I also just. I also I thought he handled ja- it okay. I, I like didn't think anything of of how he handled it today. Like, I thought it was fine. You know, yeah, you're right. He probably didn't. He didn't like fully. Like, he didn't go like this. I don't think he. I don't think he believes. I don't think he believes ultimately at this point. This was that bad. He doesn't owe us an apology. He doesn't. But let's let's just do what our job is, which is just offer an opinion. And to me, what I'm watching is is he is getting very defiant, and that's fine. Like, if my thing is, if that's going to be his motivational tactic, so be it. Well, it'll just be interesting. He's. It seems like he's trying to embrace like this, whatever the Grizzlies being some sort of villain, and you know maybe I perhaps. I mean, it's like you know the whole Memphis versus everybody thing, but everybody. I probably did it wrong, but ultimately, I, I don't know. That stuff seems a little superficial to me. Ultimately, sometimes. See, I disagree. I, I think this is lashing out. I think this is exactly what happens when you've been. For the like, because I think about this at media day, because I asked him the questions like, "What's something that, like sticks with you?" And it's he basically said like, "When I get online, and people say you're overrated," mm-hmm. and I think the problem is right now because he's he's his increased popularity, and no one on no one like people on the internet like to kick you when you're down mm-hmm. and feed you, and then furthermore. Like they've gone up and they've targeted the Warriors. This and is, they've they've targeted literally, Mark, the most vile online fan base <laughs> that there is on the planet. Yeah. And this is just like this is what I'm saying. Like you're too online. Well, and when it all falls under the umbrella of they are a young group of players and a young team going through something for the first time. Like this losing streak, really like Yes, they lost 9 of 10 right at the beginning of Taylor Jenkins' tenure, but, like, this is the first time, like, I'm not even they've sure gone through ser- something like this. Is that the same team other than the jerseys? <laughs> like, it was Jaws, like, first 12 or 13 games or whatever, first 15 games in the league. But, like, since then, they have not gone through something like what they're going through right now, even on the court. And I, then I, you I, add in the off-the-court. I think there were only three players, right? Ja, Tyus, and Jaron. I mean, Dylan was Dylan was here then, and I mean, uh, Desmond was technically, but I'm talking no, Desmond about Desmond wasn't on that team. That was the next year, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, if you go but by that, Jonas was there. Uh, Kyle. I mean, we're talking about what four guys? Uh, that might be. I don't know. It can't be that little, can it? Now you got me looking it up. Um, but in general, though, I just think it's a reflection of, and it's maybe something. If we're telling the truth, like. That's part of what you're trying to do here over the next couple of days is maybe you get maybe you need another voice in there who's gone you know who's gone through some stuff who can also play. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'm with you on that. The problem is, where's that person? Because this is my tell the truth. If we're going to go into like deadline stuff, mm-hmm. I do not see. I don't see the market and the Grizzlies' desire lining up. And I think it's going to wind up being a fairly anticlimactic deadline. Like, I think if the Grizzlies were determined to make a move and were not worried about the price, sure, I think there's a deal to be made. I think if the Grizzlies really wanted OG Ananobi and they decided, 
no one else is going to beat them for OG and Anobi, mm-hmm. I think they could probably make the deal work. I've just never seen them. That, to me, would be out of character for them. Would you agree? Yeah. To go all in? Yeah. On- it, uh, certainly. I mean, I, you know, by the way, it's uh, John Conchar and Brandon Clark were also on that okay. team uh, when they lost Very- 9 of 10. Clark with yeah. a similar type role, Conchar with a very different role. Yeah, he was like a two-way guy. Yeah. Um, but I think, yes, I would be surprised if they made some huge move. I mean, I could see – listen, to me, I do think there is a possibility for the right move Dylan Brooks could get moved. Do I think it will happen? No, I don't. But, like, I think they, I think you can talk to them about Dylan Brooks, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this question. I don't really feel a whole lot differently about Dylan than I did at the beginning of the year. But I've also, like I've told you, I straddle kind of that. I understand that, like, his haters have a point and his the, the Connor Dunnings of the world also have a point. Like, he mm-hmm. has a value, but I'm somewhere kind of in the middle. <clears throat> I've not really been swayed one way or the other. Has his recent form swayed you one way or the other of, you know, if I were in charge, I'd probably deal him? Like, he would not be the deal breaker for me in like an OGN and OB trade, if that makes sense. Like, but see, like I'm in the I'm in the the position of if I'm going to get OGN and OB, I'm yeah, I'm that's getting what I'm saying. Like, yeah. out of here. Um, I mean, I do think it makes it makes Ananobi like if the Dylan Brooks of a month ago is obviously more palatable than OGN and OB's, and like I, I don't know. Yeah, but. I, I don't think like the my Dylan stance, roller coaster. I don't think my stance is if you told me I could just swap Dylan for Ananobi, if I need to swap Dylan for Ananobi and had to throw in one pe- one more piece, whether it's a player or a pick, you're probably I having do, throw, you're probably having to throw in I would think at least two pieces. Yeah, like I don't know if I, I've said all along, I don't know if it's worth that, uh ultimately to upgrade you know, the upgrade you might get from Ananobi to Dylan. But, you know, like the question is has this the really to me it hasn't necessarily changed my mind on Dylan, but in a, in the short term. But like, if you're not going to resign him, you do have to think about trading him. Like, I don't think you should, but you like trade him necessarily. Like, but you can't like you can't not you can't like be afraid to trade him because like ultimately if you're not planning to resign him. I you guess know. that's where I deviate from you because I I hear you, I but mean, I don't. The I concept don't of like I'm if just you, if throwing you know that out gonna, there as a possibility. No, no, I, I I get the argument. The argument would be if you know you're going to lose him, you got to get something for him. Yeah, I would still argue he's still going to be the best perimeter defender option that you have for the rest of the year, and I think there's a value there. I, I I've said for a week now. I I would if there's something around the edges you can do, I would do it. I would say my personal belief is that you should probably like it's always better to wait to the off season it feels uh, like you get better deals like this group is having trouble dealing with the trade like whether it's the trade deadline or the outside noise or the whatever you want to call it, the the dog days of the NBA season as as Taylor Jenkins has been talking about it and injuries whatever like they're clearly struggling to deal with that and like the question is does that mean you need to jolt it Back to life in some ways is that what the front office sees here? And like you almost want some infusion into the locker room, however minor it is, yeah. um, or if it's major, you know, or you know, do you wait it out, thinking like let's see how this plays out, and if we need to make major changes, it's much better 
not much better. It's it's more uh, it's easier to transition, if you will, making a change in the off season, especially with a group that hasn't. While it does, you know, there are only four players left from the 2019-20 roster, five players, six players. Um, they haven't dealt with like the, trading someone like Dylan right now, for instance, would be a the type of change they've never gone through. And especially we've seen in, how they've handled not. We've yes, we've seen how they've handled uh, going through things they haven't had to handle before. I, I don't know. I, I'm at. It's a tough spot. I think you. I think for this team to feel good about making a run in the playoffs, they need to add someone. Like the team is currently constituted. I, you know, it could make a run, but I don't. I, what this streak has done for me is like you know, you've really seen the flaws and that they just seem a lot more vulnerable. If that makes sense, it doesn't mean they can't make a run to the Western Conference Finals, but they just seem a lot more vulnerable than they did before. And um, I'm not sure I can unsee it. If that makes sense, even if they like, no, I guess this is the. This and so would- I think they need to add someone to cover up some of those vulnerabilities. At the same time, I would not break. I would not like use my war chest to improve this team. I would. I would probably, given the names I've seen out there. I would not like break the bank to go get Ananobi. I would not be breaking the bank to get anyone I've heard that's available. And now, if there's someone else, we you know a name out, you know, like the NBA is a dramatic place, Jeffrey. Well, I'm glad you bring it up, Mark, because I don't know if you know this. We just got a breathless report mm. that Kevin Durant was walked out of the practice gym by a PR person without speaking to reporters. That is very un Kevin Durant like. Well, and at the same time, didn't we Pascal, get a Woj, didn't we get a Woj, I think we got a Woj, uh, a Woj uh, line from an agent. Yes, uh, you ready? Mm-hmm. This was right when we hit the air. In the aftermath of the Kyrie Irving trade, the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant are having ongoing conversations about the direction of the franchise, but organization has thus far told inquiring teams they're not planning to trade him before Thursday's trade deadline. Mm, and so that's why the PR people shuttled Kevin Durant away from the reporters. And then you've got over in Toronto, Pascal Siakam gave a what I thought was a rather benign quote of like, "Listen, mm. like I'm not, uh, I'm a veteran. I understand. I could be, de- you know, we all understand. Like we could be dealt, we may not be dealt. But every, apparently, the tone was very concerning. And then subsequently, Jeffrey, he was he was brought into a room by Masai Ujiri. He was waved in to talk to him, and now that's so people are concerned. Is that the principal's is this, office? Is that yes? Is that Pascal getting the boot? Getting he's on the market? I mean, I don't, you know. All right, here's my. Uh, it's breathless coverage. Here's Jeffrey. my third. Tell the truth. The league is too dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you know. Some of it, I kind of enjoy it, but I can see where you know. It, sometimes it gets old. I like trade deadline stuff though. So like you can't you can't convince me this stuff is not good because this stuff is great. It's fine because it's content for us mm-hmm. and I can make fun of it. But the biggest problem that I have is it's a lot like when you have the band that wears makeup and has the all the all the show elements, you know, the when you see like sparklers and when everything's going off. I feel like you're trying to distract me. And you're trying to make it more of a show rather than just playing songs. I think the biggest problem that I have right now with the NBA is I feel like the basketball doesn't even begin till May. 
and I like mm. I'm someone who well, likes mid April. Mid April's in the playoffs start. Uh, I said May. Okay. <laughs> they found out today. You know the 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 showboats first game could also be the same day as the Grizzlies starting the playoffs. I saw Munns tweeted that right. Yeah, they they announced yeah. the, well they had already announced the opener, but they announced the full schedule for the showboats today. But all I know is that the the first it's going to be the first game of the USFL season, and it's going to be the same day maybe as the Grizzlies. I just feel game. like when we spend more time trying to put teams together on a computer than actually watching the teams that are assembled on the floor. I don't think that's a great thing for the league, personally. Especially when you consider you have the best players on the planet. And Mark, we got some numbers today. Mark, would you care to guess what the Pro Bowl this weekend, that included flag football, uh, catches into a swimming pool, dudes... Pulling the sled with weights and a game of like tic tac toe with kickers and punters. Would you care to guess what the rating was this weekend? What was this it? Sunday? Last year's Pro Bowl for further, for future or for further reference, six point seven million viewers, and that was the actual that was the final Pro Bowl game. Mark six point two of us idiots. Myself included, watch that crap. Does it count when I I turn it on for a minute and then the flag football it off. wasn't bad? I turned the flag on, football wasn't bad, and it was also on. Wasn't there was like a was female on, one too? There was well, like that a, was earlier in the day. Like yeah. they had, but I don't think that counted towards the scoring. Oh, okay, gotcha. I think that was just part of the extravaganza of the weekend. Gotcha. Do you think it worked? Like were you, were you like they should do this again? Here's what worked about it: you had the Mannings. Mm-hmm. They brought their whole family. You had everyone. It turned out, was it Manning Variety Hour with it, a flag football it, game? Not only was it Manning Variety Hour, ESPN. ESPN, apparently, they have gone from we will do any and everything to criticize the Shield mm-hmm. to we will do all if the they, bidding. If they say jump, we ask how high. Yeah. Like, it is. I mean, they sent everyone. Yeah. I mean, everybody was there, and it was just a, isn't this great? And the best part about it is, like, they're, they're celebrating it as like all their NFL crew basically. Is that yeah, like their entire NFL crew is like celebrating it. Yet all the guys on the field are all wearing like sunglasses and bucket hats because they're just so miserably hungover, <laughs> and they're just like trying to celebrate. Like, what an amazing event! It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's fine, whatever. Uh, but I bring that up for two other references. NBA Saturday night: Luca versus the Warriors. Mm. Two point one million. Oh, wow. That's a third of what the Pro Bowl got, basically. A third of a flag. Pro Bowl games. Yes. A third of a flag football game. Wow. That's nuts. With entertainment mixed in. That's crazy. Mark, Duke versus North Carolina got $2.9 million. Mm, Outdid the NBA. Yes. And, like, that was, like, the least hyped UNC Duke game in a while, too. uh, He wasn't there. Now, they did show plenty of highlights of the the curtain call. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. Mark, the clash at the Coliseum, the NASCAR event where mm-hmm. they go around the football field at the L.A. Coliseum, Okay, that did over $3.5 million. Wow. Really? And I'm not someone that does the whole, the ratings the only thing that matters. But it is jarring when you sit there and you have sports fans, yeah. people that want to watch sports, that are like, I'm good. No, it, it feels like the NBA, more so than any other pro sport, 
is consumed on social media, if that makes sense. Like it's it's watching the highlights. It's you know I think it's fair to say more so than any other sport it's, it's consumed and, via highlights. I don't know if social media is well the and way. it's because well I just think that more so than any other like sport American like popular American sport, it's international too. Like the, you know what I mean? Like that's that. They do get more of that sweet China cash than anyone. No, but like the fans of there's way more international fans of of the NBA than there is of NFL or Major League Baseball or the NHL. There's I more international fans. I don't feel comfortable about the NHL because I would imagine yeah. the NHL in Europe's pretty. But I think to your point, like you got China loves the NBA. Well, all I mean, those Europe Asian countries, plays Europe, like Europe, it's, South. It's the only. It's the basketball league. People correct. Know about worldwide, whereas like Major League Baseball is, but like you know, like Japan's got a really you know, well they have strong a strong league, yes, you know, like there's you know, we saw South Korea's got good baseball, you know, we watched well, it, we watched it, we were willing it. to watch it during the pandemic, um, but it's uh, and it's all playing into what the Grizzlies are going through right now, um, in that you're you're talking about how it feels like the games almost don't matter and it's all being like consumed off the court and like the Grizzlies are the team that you know frankly sometimes are the one and oftentimes lately the one feeding into all of that off the court stuff more than anyone else in the league it's where I've really struggled with the I do believe that they they wrote they wrote checks with their mouths that they couldn't cash but I do think their problems go deeper than just talking like in the end, I don't think talking is the reason why they're they're where they are. Mm-hmm. But I do think they tried to skip a step. Yeah. Well, they're not hated. They're not. No, excuse me. They're not the most hated. Maybe some people. Maybe some Warriors fans. But, but I mean, like, my deal is you you can't your theme can't be we want all the smoke and then go. Well, that's not there. That was pennies. Well, no, they just run up the chimney. I thought we want all the smoke. You oh, said the okay. same thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then you can't do the they hate us because they ain't us. And then like, yeah, it. So part of me though feels it's all like a show. It's all, yeah, it all like ultimately. Do you think that's going to matter tonight when they play the Bulls and they try to win? You know, they try to knock off this losing streak. I, I feel like I do feel like. And Taylor Jenkins said this yesterday. Like, I don't see like their. I, I don't think their issues right now are related to like distractions off the court. I think their issues right now are related to the the players they're missing as well as like they're not hitting shots like they were early in the season and their rotation is not you know like whereas like remember in the beginning of the season like guys like Conchar and were contributing more like the bottom of their rotation was already a little bit weaker than it was last year at the beginning of the season and now Zaire's in the G League and like th- those things haven't worked out and you feel like especially with well, I think it's the injuries po- you're taking. You're suffering from that. It's not related to the distractions off the court, even though I think there's distractions off the court. I think finally, because we got to get to Tim after this, I do think your point about the roster is 100. The roster's not as good as it was last year. Yeah, they had more depth last year. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's obvious. Yeah, I do wonder though, this year more than other years, didn't feel like they figured they could kind of play around. Like remember last year, they were like the best first quarter team in the league. Mm-hmm. It feels like this year... When they were good in the fourth quarter, too. Correct. They're not as good in the fourth quarter this year. It feels like this year, and I wonder if this is what's bitten them recently, it felt like they could play around a little bit more, play around with their food, and then they'd turn it on, and they'd win. I think it's more a reflection of teams play them harder now. 
I think that's I think, but I, I think, that, but don't you think that goes to attitude? Like I yeah. think in the end, maybe that's because the Grizzlies talk a lot. Oh, I think Xavier Tillman said as much. Basically, like that teams want to clap back. People yeah. want to clap back at them, and uh, that's real. Let's see it, what's a, what's the clap back of a clap back? Because that's what we need the Grizzlies to do. The tri clap. We got to clap back at the clap back. Clap cubed. We'll we'll talk more Grizzlies. Is next, that bop it. I don't know. <laughs> next hour. Uh, coming up next, though, Tim Murray from Vsin's going to join us. We'll talk Super Bowl, Super Bowl bets, all that coming up on the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. You're listening to 92.9 FM ESPN. Tim Murray's the host of Vsin Live. You can follow him on Twitter at one Tim Murray. Tim apologized to me for St. Mary's beating Gonzaga in overtime. That was horse s. You did uh, not well, deserve that win, and you know it. Well, I didn't know that. Aiden uh, Mahoney would be point shaving. I mean, I, if you was he just him, trying to get a second half line? I mean, St. Mary's could not have played any worse, and Gonzaga couldn't put him away. And I mean, that's kind of indicative of what Gonzaga is this year. Uh, they had no business losing that game, to your point, but they could never stretch the lead against a, a St. Mary's team that was playing horrifically. So. Look, I, I was happy to get the cover. You know, sometimes you're you're on the right, you're on the fortunate side of things. But I mean, I'll be honest. I, I think the people who really uh, took it on Saturday night were the folks that took the under, which was like one thirty-seven. Mm. Game is sixty-one, sixty-one at the end of regulation and uh, sales over in overtime. But yeah, St. Mary's is, is a fascinating team. If you're you know looking into the college basketball world, because this is a team that the Computers absolutely love them. You know, the Ken Palms, the Bart Torvix, the Net. All of the metrics absolutely adore this St. Mary's team. The worry I have about them making, you know, a deep run is what we saw on Saturday night, which is this team could go on stretches where they are tragic offensively. I mean, absolutely terrible similar to a university that resides in the state that you guys are in, in Tennessee. Mm. So uh, if, if somehow we could get a St. Mary's-Tennessee matchup in, like the, in the Sweet 16 or Elite, elite 8, go ahead and uh, take the under on that oh. West Coast Conference. It, we've gotten to that time of year last year. Oh, yeah. It's, last I'm, year around I'm, this time, Jeffrey goes into it about the West Coast Conference, the Mountain West Conference, how overrated. suck! By the way. I forgot to mention this to you the other day after the Memphis game when they mm. lost to uh, Tulane and Kendrick Davis was asked about like being on the bubble and things like that for Memphis and he gave an answer and then goes into and you know you'll remember last year Mountain West Conference got four teams none of them won in the first round like yeah. he had his facts uh, Tim, down straight he was ready to go with them I, I like to think I'm doing the good work here in this city because one of what's literally one of my favorite things to do come tournament time every single year is whoever the Mountain West is playing, just immediately fade the Mountain West. And I started noticing this because I went to Pepperdine, which, by the way, that was a – I don't know if you saw the end of that oh game. Oh, my God. There was 300 people. Oh, my people. God. This is so much West Coast Conference. Oh, it was. That's overloaded. No, no, it, was, it was such a brutal beat. Isn't the Super Bowl on Sunday? It is. <laughs> but it was such a brutal beat that, like, it was a TikTok video. How the no, game I ended. Saw it. Like, I saw it. That was uh, – it was just – no three-pointer no three pointer involved, and they came back from three down with how many seconds? Six-tenths of a second. But the, a the, double technical. Yeah, yeah, it was double. Uh, it was, it was they gave They gave Pepperdine the ball after the guy committed a chokehold on a Portland rebounder. And they said, well, he tried to get him off of him, so that was a flagrant. 
But I digress. The point that I'm trying to make is I think I'm going to be fading St. Mary's in the tournament too. I mm. do not believe in that team. Who you who are you fading in the Super Bowl? Are we betting? Is this not a game where you want to bet on like I don't think you a can team because the spread is so small. Tim, can you not bet? I think you have to know. You got to know how many Kansas City receivers they're going to be, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Miko Hartman was placed on IR. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire being back, I think, is uh, is big. Um, you know, hey, another, we recognize that name. Yeah, another, another weapon coming out of the backfield for Patrick Mahomes. You know, I haven't bet it yet. I will be on the Chiefs. Um, you know, it's you look around any of the betting splits that come out, and you know, be cautious because those betting splits haven't really got the full public action yet until uh, as we get closer to the weekend but you know i was just going through it you know on our website vsin.com you can check out state by state according to DraftKings sportsbooks and there's only one state that DraftKings is currently available in that there is more tickets on the chiefs and surprisingly enough that would be kansas i mean Not outside missouri. of missouri uh, they don't. Ha- I don't think they're legal in Missouri. Ah, okay. I don't think they're available in Missouri. That makes sense. Say. Yeah. Um, so, it, not to say that you look blindly fading the public's not always going to win you money. But I, I just I wonder if this is a situation where you know and Jeffrey, you were kind of mentioning this about I want to say it was Joe Burrow during the Bills game. Yep. You know how many times really, going to get him as a as we're really about to get the MVP of the league. And a Super Bowl champ in his prime as an underdog here. I, I just, I, to me, I'm trying to keep it a little simple uh, in that regard. Look, the Eagles, I think the roster top to bottom is best in the NFL, um, but it is their first Super Bowl because the Doug Peterson squad that won the Super Bowl back in 2018, uh, 2017 season, 2018 Super Bowl. That team's gone, man. Like, who's left from that team? It, they burned it down to the ground and rebuilt it, and it's it's really impressive that they've done it so fast. But I, I do have my questions regarding that. So um, I, I like the Chiefs. I haven't played it yet, but uh, I, I certainly could see myself. I think ultimately I'm going to get to the window uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, though, this is kind of the – this is the other issue that I'm having. Are we – like, you've got a 14-3 and team in Philly – and they only have one loss this entire year when Hertz is playing quarterback. Yet I find myself still to going the commanders, like, by the way. Yes, Woo! on Monday night. Yeah. Hang the banner, Washington. Woo! With Heineke getting the drawing the remember taking the taking the personal foul. Yeah. That's like right. getting the fake slide for the personal yep, foul. Yep. But the other thing I'm really struggling with is I don't know if they're that good, yet. Is that me being just a hater? You see, you see, like I don't know that I found it was the weirdest thing watching that San Francisco game because they're they're, good. they're blowing them out. Well, that's the thing. I know they're good, but are they are they this good? Like, there's a difference between being good and I just don't know if their path here has been all that difficult. Well, it hasn't in the playoffs, that's for sure. And you know, this is a classic. You know, maybe they're doing this in the Bay Area on sports radio. You know. If Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, dot, dot, dot. If Kyle Shanahan throws the challenge flag, dot, dot, dot. Look, that's all revisionist history. They ultimately, you know, pulled away because they had, you know, 90-year-old Josh Johnson playing quarterback until his head smacked the ground, and then it was Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy handing the ball off. So, 
I, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, look, what Howie Roseman did in Philadelphia, there's a reason he was executive of the year. I mean, the trade uh, – at the you know in the NFL draft last year to to get AJ Brown, uh, everything has kind of come up roses for them, right? I mean, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Jalen Hurts, a second round pick, is now I don't know. I mean, minimum top ten quarterback, you know, on the rise there. So, look, they're a very good team. I bet them to win the division this year. Um, I thought this would, you know, be a, a good team. I didn't think they'd win the NFC, but now here we are, and really, they're the they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl, and they're getting all the action. It, it's just it's it, it it's one of those situations to me where it's like, have we gone too far? Just assuming, you know, Andy Reid off two weeks of preparation and Patrick Mahomes off two weeks of rest isn't going to be, you know ready to roll, uh, you know, come Sunday in, in Glendale. Well, I think the other the other hesitation that I have, when Mahomes got beat in the Super Bowl, it was by Tom Brady. And if you think back to and that. And the Buccaneers defensive line. Correct. The Bucs <laughs> defensive line. And there were like three passes that if, if Kansas City makes the catch, like that's a different game. Now, we can do the if and buts, you know, sure. all candy and nuts, we'll all have a Merry Christmas, all we want. I'm really having a tough time buying in that Jalen Hurts is going to go toe-to-toe and beat Mahomes. That's, I think, where I really struggle. Well, and I also, you know, we saw it last week, and he didn't have to test it. And, and you know, I can't say, hey, Patrick Mahomes had two weeks to heal, but then not say Jalen Hurts had two weeks right. to heal, because that's not fair. But I do have questions about Jalen Hurts's shoulder. And, you know, Steve Spagnola is going to, as much as he can, try to take away – uh, try to take away the run game for uh, for the Eagles. They they got weapons everywhere, man. I mean, they they like I said, they you know they have got the fortune of having a quarterback getting paid, I think, under a million dollars. So they've been able to just load that team up with tons of talent. Got the best offensive line in the game. But you know, I think what people are falling into, if you look at some of the advanced numbers. You know, the Chiefs' defense is like a top 10, maybe even almost like top 5 defense. I mean, this is one of the best. I think this is, statistically speaking, the best defense Kansas City has had in this, you know, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes era. They're really good. Now, they got some injuries in the secondary, and Legereus Sneed, I would assume he'll be available for this game, but, you know, not having him, having a lot of youth in that secondary certainly worries you. But, I mean, Chris Jones is that dude, man. And, you know, the big reason why I was on the Chiefs was, A, I'm getting Patrick Mahomes at a discount. B, this offensive line for Cincinnati or that offensive line for Cincinnati, people were just like, oh, yeah, they're fine. They have three backup offensive linemen. Uh, they're, They're good. And it's like, no, they're not. And Chris Jones wreaked havoc. So... You know, Lane Johnson still has what a torn groin? No, like, at whatever. It's like whatever's above like your belly button, abdomen. Yeah. I guess I don't he's know. Got, I don't have those. Something that is causing a lot of pain. Yes, and he's got that. So you know, he's he's a beast, but he he's he's banged up. So look, could the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Of course they can. They're the favorites to do so. Uh, they've got talent everywhere. They've made incredible moves. Um, you know, Hassan Reddick could wreak havoc and and make. Patrick Mahomes' is life miserable. All those things could happen, but I think to try to keep it as simple as possible, there's a plus sign next to Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to go ahead and take that. And I heard this stat. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as an underdog 
or as a favorite of less than three is 18-6 and one against the spread. Yeah. He was, he That's lo- six. That's six losses. Yeah, he, there you go. He, he lost Could it. get his seventh on Sunday. He yeah. lost outright to Burrow this year. I know that. I can- I'm telling you this. I'm emotionally, I'm emotionally pulling for Kansas City. I just don't want to see the Eagles win. Okay, y'all. I know where this is like NFC East, like lock arms. I can't fly, stand. Eagles, I cannot fly. stand Sirianni. He right. He grinds my gears so much. He's <laughs> so annoying. You know what it is? He's he is. He's like he's a Philly character. That's the problem. He you can see him in the stands with spittle coming out of his mouth, going E A G L E S. You can see him doing it with the fans. And it's like he's. It's like you're from Western New York, bro. Like I don't know. Like you're not Philly. I didn't know I didn't know what that chant or that stupid song was until I went to college mm. in my first Sunday and I'm watching games and I'm like what the hell who is chanting outside I'm like <laughs> oh that's a thing oh yeah. we it, like to spell out our name congrats I'll give well this, done it's, it's one it is the one Eagles, of the the Eagles thing's cool when they spell yeah. out Eagles it's pretty cool like it's the one of the better like and like. I can't believe like the Washington team well, got the, rid of well, the problem is y'all had a really great one <laughs> yeah except for the R word yeah. I guess. And um, well, we also had a great franchise once upon a time. Too, yeah. So, yeah, but it was one of like. The, have you ever been to a Lions game? The Lions song is hilarious. It's like it's like not good hilarious. It's like just kind of Fran- funny. I have so not, it's like the Lions. It's like you're like yeah. this is kind of sad. Yeah, but- it's like they wanted. I mean, it's fine, but yeah, but uh, it's not a college fight song. Let me let me tell you. But um, I'm curious. Are you either of you prop bet guys during the Super Bowl? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna- All right, what are we doing on the anthem? <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Who's singing it, by the way? It's a country it's guy, right? Chris Stapleton. Well, the, Chris Stapleton. Not, just a, not just a country guy. I mean, yeah. Stapleton's a pretty big star. Is it, is it, I, I, Tennessee I'll, whiskey. I'll, the song I'll Tennessee plead, whiskey. I'll plead ignorance on on music. There's a reason I did not get into uh, to uh, that side of the business. Mm. I don't know anything. So someone, we got it, we someone have... asked me the other day. My, one of my producers. I, I walked back into the you know, our back room and I had my AirPods in. He's like, he's like, what are you jamming out to? I was like, uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, well, you're not listening. He's like, man, you're not listening to music. I was like, dude, I don't, I listen to podcasts pretty much exclusively. I said, the only night I'll listen to a non podcast is Saturday night. When I walk my dog, that is it. <laughs> I just, that's, that's just the way I prep. What age do 